0: Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of the Nicolay Wealth Management Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Anthony Wilhelms, and joining me are our chief investment officers, Mike Steppy and Adam Longley. We have a bunch to talk about. I can't believe we're coming up on the end of 2024 right now. So, Mike, will you kick us off with a little update on some good news of why the
1: markets have been rallying lately? Rallying. It's fun to talk about things when they're going up. So if you step back and you look back over the past two months, I start with a five-year Treasury note was yielding near 5% on October 19th. Now you look two months later, uh, same Treasury note is yielding less than 4%. So more than a 1% decrease in interest rates. And what caused that was an a, sort of an agreement by investors that this slowdown in the economy was happening, that it was sort of on a glide path where we're going to be about 1% GDP growth in the fourth quarter. Fed officials started to sound less hawkish. The employment report showed less new jobs. While we still have a strong labor market, we're seeing a slowdown there. And consumer inflation reports were showing more progress in terms of a lowering of inflationary pressures, so you add to that that the situation, while still tragic in what's going on in the Middle East, it's not getting it's in terms of the wider uh, impact of that has has not it has not gotten worse, and the Federal Reserve. Um, people are feeling more confident that that's good. That they've made this monetary pivot. They're calling it the Great Monetary Pivot, where we went from rates going up to now rates going down, and we're talking about when the Fed is going to cut rates. So we had this rally in the bond market. Lower interest rates certainly helped the equity market. S and P 500 since October 19th is up more than 10 percent actually 10.63, and there's been a fundamental change when you look at the market in terms of mid and small cap stocks up 14.92 and 17.81 since October 19th. So we've seen most of this year, what we saw was this: the S&P by far leading everything else, and the breadth of the market not that great, concentrated in the magnificent seven stocks. Now we're actually seeing participation from mid- and small-cap stocks. Large-cap value stocks outperformed large-cap growth since October 19th. International developed actually outperformed the S&P 500 by a little over 1%. So we've seen a broader market rally. I think in general, investors are seeing the economy slowing, not headed for a recession. Fed would like to, you know, the investors are looking and seeing that the Fed may be able now to cut rates as they go forward. If the economy does turn into a recession and inflation is moderating. When you look at the price of oil with the slowdown in economic activity, we've seen that drop down uh, back into the low 70s per barrel. The dollar is weakened. That's down 3.9% from October 19th. And interest rate differentials have become less positive. When you look at a country like Germany versus the US, US rates have come down, more than German rates have come down, so the differential's less positive. You continue to see money flowing into the US to take advantage of those rates, but the advantage has decreased. a time of a lot of change in the markets.
0: Mike, can I stay with you on a question related to the yield curve inversion? Um, It's something we talked about when it started to invert for the first time, which is now a long time ago, and it's inevitability, I'm using air quotes around that, of a recession following it. Obviously, that hasn't happened to date. Um, What you just mentioned with the 10-year falling by over a percent recently, that sounds like we've got even more inverted than we were before with short-term rates still elevated. Is is that true? And does that give us any um, foreshadowing of what's to come?
1: Give us some indications. I mean, when you look at it, generally speaking, you do get a, a recession after the curve inverts. And when you look at it, we may still get that. We're now at a point right now where we're running at about 1% GDP growth for the fourth quarter. And that's that's not a, you know, that could easily slip into a recession area mode. So we 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 could still get there from from where we are. Well, t- thanks for the
0: optimism there. We we can still get there. Adam, Mike, I'll come back to you in a minute with a question about inflation. But Adam, I want to touch on that uh, magnificent seven comment from Mike and maybe give a little context for 23 on how that magnificent seven carried what Mike mentioned with small and mid-cap lately and what you see for 24.
2: Yeah, and I, I think everyone probably knows by now what those seven are, but we're talking about the seven biggest publicly traded companies in the U S within the S and P 500. It's going to be Apple, Microsoft, uh, Google, Amazon, Facebook, Tesla, Nvidia, collectively, they make up about a third of the benchmark. You know, at one point this year, that's where essentially all the gains came from. Um, Those seven stocks had produced over hundred percent of all the gains. As Mike talked about, that's changed, uh, here recently, but um, you know, if you look at that market cap weighted S&P 500 up, you know, 20% this year, um that equal weighted uh, if you treated all the companies the same, it would be it'd be significantly less. So, you know, to answer your question, uh no, don't think the the 7 will continue to lead the market. Uh, first thing I'd point out is um you know, if you look at today as an example, the S&P 500 is is trading at a like the year-to-date high. However, if you look at the seven stocks, um, only half of them are are also trading at year-to-date highs and actually three of the seven are are off their highs. And they've really been trading sideways for the last couple of months. So I think you've already seen some of them lose their their leadership. Um, And actually since late October, um, that equal weight index where all the companies are treated the same has outperformed the market cap index by three percentage points So I think it's already started and I think it continues in the next year. And that's the rest of the market catches up.
0: Well, Adam, my experience is that breadth of returns is generally a positive thing in markets. And so when we saw these really concentrated returns in that top seven, that's not generally an indicator of good things to come, but right now we're feeling some good things. Is the uh, widening set of positive returns in the market a positive looking forward?
2: Yeah, you, you call it technicals. You want to see breath. You want to see a lot of companies doing well. That's a good proxy for what's going on in the economy. When you've got only a couple of companies doing extremely well, and these companies appreciate and grow to be trillion and $3 trillion companies, at some point, right, they can't go on forever. It's really hard for a $3 trillion company to, to double, let alone do it in a couple of months. So you really need those smaller, mid-sized companies to, to, to participate. And we're starting to see that, and that's definitely a positive indicator.
0: Can you separate a couple of words in terms of doing well and what it means to you? Are you referencing companies' price, share prices going up and then, or is it companies getting more profitable? Maybe follow on the back of it with why small and mid-cap are more closely tied to interest rate sensitivity in terms of earnings and things like that.
2: Yeah, you know, it's all one and the same. Doing well means, um, you know they're, they're making money they're generating cash they have opportunities and management teams uh, to reinvest that cash back into the business and, and create additional additional value um, that should translate into a, a stock price that goes up over time in line with um, their earnings growth and and likely a, a dividend as well um you know the, the the difference between small and, and, and large companies, you know, small companies um, do tend to be more interest rate sensitive. They tend to be have a fair amount of leverage. Often that debt will be variable rate. And so when rates are really low, there's not a lot of pressure on those companies to, to make money necessarily. But as rates rise, which we saw last year in, in the beginning of this year, it puts a tremendous amount of pressure as their cost of funds goes up significantly. Um, and if they were making money, you know, a lot of them no longer are in, in the higher rate environment. Contrast that with larger companies, they probably have debt that's fixed and termed down. Uh, they also probably had the ability to, to term it on ahead of rates going up, you know, whether that's three, five, eight years, um, so it takes a while before they they feel the pain. And if, if rates do fall down, you know, a lot of it can be avoided by those big companies.
0: Nice. I appreciate you uh, letting me take us in the weeds there a little bit. Interesting perspective from you on it. Mike, I'll come back to you with inflation. Always a fun topic to touch on. And it seems like it might be changing over the last couple of months. Can you give us an update?
1: Well, sure. When you look at consumer price inflation, it's coming down. So earlier this year we were looking, if you look back over the previous 12 months we were up 9% and so now when you look at the most recent report it was up 3.1%. So we've certainly made progress on that. We still have the same things uh gasoline prices have been coming down and that's been helping. Shelter prices have stayed high and uh, we all know people who are you know looking for apartments and and Uh, pricing those and the rents keep going up. Uh, Shelter costs are up 6.5% over the past 12 months. So those are are significant, have been sticky in terms of we haven't seen the progress there yet. I think the biggest thing that's that we've seen in terms of inflationary pressures comes out of the JOLTS report, the job openings that are out there. And that's showing that the labor market is cooling. When you look at that, the number of jobs that are are open um, is in April, that number was 10.3 million. And at the end of October, it was 8.7 million. So a 15% decrease since April in that and i think that's giving investors some confidence yes they look at the inflation reports and see what the cpi is but they also get a sense that look we're we're going to see this problem with wages as being an ongoing concern when it comes to inflation and when you see some cooling in the labor markets that gives people more confidence
0: that's a great great perspective uh, Adam, come back to you about financials. It was an awfully tough start to the year, and that springtime was really rough on a lot of financials, but things seem to have been improving over the last six months. Can you give us an update?
2: Yeah, financials have done really well. Um, Amy, as, a, as an example, we will highlight regional banks. Just looked over the last six weeks, regional banks as a basket are up uh, 40%. Just a, a really strong return. I think there's a couple of things you can point to. One, uh, obviously, interest rates have gone down a lot that, that benefits um, this group. Just think about mortgage rates were seven or eight, and now they got a six handle. So the demand for mortgages should increase, um, as well as the affordability of these homes. So you, sh- you should see activity, and uh, obviously, that's a profit center for, for banks. Credit quality so far of, of the loans has stayed really strong, which is which is good as well. And then you think about a big overhang on this part of the market was often a lot of these banks own bonds and those bonds, as rates went up, um, had unrealized losses and that was a big overhang. And so as rates have come down and the value of those bonds have gone up uh, for some banks, that um, has put them in a better position as well. So. Um, just a you know a couple of tailwinds have have emerged here, and, and just a lot of the negativity has, has kind of gone away. And I think people recognize that this was part of the market that had gotten really beaten up, and, and there are some opportunities there.
0: Well, when we think about parts of the market that have gotten beaten up or opportunities, maybe you can connect us to overseas and think of the EFA or Europe, largely Japan in that mix, but largely Europe. We think there's no shortage of issues over there with conflict and a number of things, yet it's not performing too bad. What's going on or, or why is it sustaining some decent returns? Yeah, it,
2: international developed has done really, it's done pretty well this year. And, and you mentioned IFA, so just as a explanation, when we talk about IFA, that's it's gonna be the 21 developed markets around the world and it excludes U.S. and Canada. And specifically, we're talking about 800, 800 big international companies. And so, yeah, Europe's, you know, a third of the index, Germany's 10% of the index. Yeah, Germany in a recession. So, you know, why did the stock market do so good? I think there's two things you can point to. One, investors pulled a ton of money out of China. A lot of people left the Chinese market. So, and a lot of that money found its way into international markets. Different, but somewhat similar exposure. That, that was definitely a benefit. The other thing to think about is, even though there was a recession, the actual results were quite a bit better than what people expected. So Germany is an example. Last year in 2022, that stock market was down over 25%. It was pretty consensus that there was going to be a recession, and, and it obviously got priced in the market. So the fact that they had one and it was relatively mild was kind of a, a, a positive surprise. Um, and, you, and you saw the, the stock market respond positively as well. And, and the story was the same as the u you s know people were high were concerned about inflation, concerned about rates going up in um, negative growth but if you look further into it and, and we're looking at Europe, some of the southern countries did really well um you know Italy was up thirty percent Spain was up thirty percent and then you kind of had Germany and france and and, and such uh, up in the mid teens but if you look at the specific companies um Italy, for example, some of their financials, which we talked about, uh, were up 100% to 50%. So really strong returns there. Spain as well, banks did really well. If you look at the German stock market, it, it, you have to remember, there's four big companies over there that make about a third of the index. And and those four companies did really well. So it shouldn't be a surprise that the market did well also. So those four companies were up between 25 and 50%. Um, things like Siemens, big industrial, up thirty percent. Allianz, a financial, up thirty percent. Um, and then you had in, in in France, just to wrap it up, you had some um, industrial companies like Airbus and um, Schneider, just just do really well. Um, and so, you know, you can point to specific companies. You can point to kind of the strength we've seen in the in the back half of the year.
0: I love the perspective on that and being able to dig into each of those markets. It's a nice diversifier for portfolios with some currency uh, benefits in it too. Uh, I'll stick with you, Adam, and give us just a comment more broadly on sectors in the US. You touched on industrials overseas and some of those different markets, but what are you seeing looking into 24 for equities? Uh,
2: Next year, I I I think about the, the sectors that um, were challenged and didn't do that well this year. I think there's a catch-up trade, and I think that's where potentially the opportunity is as we start the year. So, as an example, um, you got the overall market up 20, percent but healthcare is flat. Historically, healthcare has been a, a, a nice place to invest. They're high quality. They um, parts of healthcare pay a really nice, uh, above average dividend. Um, the the cyclicality of their earnings is pretty low. So, if there is a recession next year you would expect this part of the market to outperform, And so the really weak performance this year could be an opportunity. Somewhat similar story to utilities. U.S. utilities this year are down uh, something like 8%. And and, and and so that might be an opportunity. We talked about financials. So financials are now up 10% this year, but there's probably likely um, some some more upside there. And then just in general, if you think about healthcare, utilities, financials, you're now kind of tipping tipping towards value. So just in general, value has still underperformed growth this year by around eight percentage points. Um, it's done better recently. And so we, we continue to favor uh, value over growth looking out the next 12 months.
0: That's perfect. Appreciate that uh, feedback. And Mike, to you on the Fed, and will we see rates cut? It goes in line with our conversation earlier about our yield curve inversion getting steeper or wider. Is that going to get fixed maybe by rates getting cut on the by the Fed on the short end?
1: So when you look at it, the market is, the, the Fed came out uh, after the December 13th meeting and they said that their expectations would be That overnight rates would go from 5.33 to 4.6%. So a a decent decrease, 75 basis points or so. And when you look at it, the market took that and then they really ran with it. Okay. So the market priced in that we'd have three rate cuts by June 30th and then another three rate cuts by the end of the year. So, the Fed's pricing in about 75 basis points in cuts. The market's anticipating 150 basis points in terms of cuts. So, I think directionally we will get lower rate, lower overnight rates, and that will help to flatten the yield curve. But we may not get what the market is currently projecting. That seems overly aggressive in, in my mind, but we'll see. It does
0: seem that the market sure puts a multiplier effect on whatever they think might be the case. And we felt that this year of the certainty from the market that the rates would have been cut by now. Yet we're looking at rates that are meaningfully higher than the beginning of the year. So I, I'll take Absolutely. your guidance on uh, the, the remainder of the year. Adam, one more favorite topic to come back to you, and it's oil. I think all of us are enjoying this uh, holiday travel season, looking at gas in the high $2 range instead of the mid threes. Um, but not everybody is necessarily enjoying seeing oil prices in the 70s. What are your thoughts on current and future prices for oil and what that does to the economy?
2: You know, I'll, I'll tread lightly here because there is a, a political component. If, if you think about... Um, Let's say this. If you think about the election next year, one of the biggest predictors of um, the outcome is how the economy is doing. So w- when a president is up for reelection, if the economy is in a recession, it's unlikely they get re-elected If the economy is doing well, it's it's highly likely that they, they, they get reelected. So, and then you also think about what is the, what's on uh, voters' minds? What are, what are they worried about? And, and today it's the economy and it's inflation. So there, let's just say there's a huge incentive to get inflation down and to avoid a recession. Um, you look at headline CPI being higher than core. The big difference is, is oil prices. So oil uh, today is deflationary; it, it's gone down in, in price. Um, and we talked before about it's largely because there's been a lot of supply that hit the market. Most of that supply is coming from the U.S. The the amount of supply that the u.s is producing today is phenomenal it has just exploded i think that would surprise a lot of people because um you know it's it's kind of viewed the u.s is kind of viewed as not very friendly to energy companies um but it but you kind of look at the production and say um yeah now the u.s produces more than russia the u.s produces more than saudi arabia does and it wasn't the case a couple of years ago so something clearly has has changed so all that supply is hitting the market it's putting prices down, uh, it's helping inflation, it's helping the economy. Um, Yeah, I would, looking out the next six months or so, I would expect that to continue.
0: Well, Adam, you can dodge this one if it feels like it is too political, but you said obviously something has changed in the last few years in terms of US energy or oil production, and then the comparison to both Russia and Saudis. Uh, What has changed in your opinion?
2: You know, so these energy energy companies have to, right, they got to find it, they got to get it onto the ground, they got to transport it, and they got to sell it. All of that is heavily regulated by the government from drilling permits to um, you know, everything along the, the chain. So, you know, they've been um, able to successfully harvest the oil and get it to the market. And I, and I think the success they've had would, would have surprised a lot of people.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll not ask the question so that you don't have to try to dodge it, but it makes me think, is it in spite of regulation? So more ingenuity from the producers, or is it maybe more accommodation on regulation than is out in the public? But don't worry, Adam, you can dodge that one for now. Um, Mike, I'll come to you for a, uh, uh, Question about high-yield bonds. It ties pretty close to energy-related things. Obviously, a disproportionate part of the high-yield bond index is energy-related relative to investment-grade indices for uh, fixed income. They've done well in 2023. Why is that? And then what do you see for 24?
1: They've done well because the economy has been stronger than what people expected. People coming into this year were sort of Pricing a recession into the market, and we've had stronger growth, and so high yield bonds are up over ten percent in in twenty twenty three year to date. So that feels good. The return, we've been overweight high yield bonds in our portfolios, and so that that is, has been a positive contributor. The it, it's tied to the economy, and it, when when companies are doing are when a broad base of companies are doing well. Then, then high yield uh, is going to do well. And and if if, if the economy uh, turns uh, more recessionary, the, there'll be more pressures there. But so far, the fundamentals and high yield have looked pretty good.
0: Yeah, we love the income and the coupons off of them, too. That's great. Well, I will turn it to you guys in just a second for some parting thoughts. Adam, feel free to uh, jump in on that last energy uh, or oil-related teaser I left out there if you feel like it and your parting thoughts. Um, And to our audience, thanks for uh, a great year. We still have one more episode that we'll put together, but I don't think it'll get out before the end of the year. We'll record it on the 29th, I believe. Um, So thank you for everything this year. It's been fun having you join us. Mike and Adam, it's been fun having you all year joining us and making this happen. And we appreciate everybody's relationship with Nicolet Wealth Management and Nicolet Bank. So thank you, everyone, and have a happy, safe holiday season. Uh, and we'll look forward to catching up with you again in 2024. A last message to everybody listening. If you have anything on your mind before year end, uh, we're happy to help. Give us a call, whether it's Mike, Adam, me, or anybody else on the team at Nicolay. whether it's a gifting question, a trading question, a portfolio structure, tax, we're happy to help. Just reach out. With that, Mike, I'll turn it to you for some parting
1: thoughts. It's been a wild ride in terms of the volatility in the market, and I think the volatility is going to stay high next year. So as we look into this, there's still going to be these swings in the market because there's just a lot of dynamics going on. So I think as we look into next year, that's going to stay strong, volatility.
0: Ah, Well,
1: that should be fun for
0: us. Adam, parting thoughts from you. Yeah, well, we'll, I'll give you two.
2: One, I think all politicians, most politicians want to get reelected. And so they have a huge incentive to keep inflation low and avoid a recession. And I and I think that has helped uh, oil prices move lower. All right. I would, number two, I, I'd take advantage of those low, low prices. So, you know, especially in, in thinking about high inventories in, in, at the retail level, I think that equals some really good holiday year-end deals. So I'd, I'd get in the car, I'd drive around to the local Support local stores and, and find some good deals here in the next couple of weeks.
0: you're saying the last minute shoppers like me are still in luck? There'll be some values to be had.
2: Yeah, drive around, uh-huh. not, not <laughs> surf the web.
0: There we go. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Mike. And we'll talk to you next year.